0: We're finally getting to the crux of the matter. You are listening to the Quibbler Podcast, the Harry Potter book club for soul
1: searchers. Look sharp, Tom. You don't want to be caught out of bed out of hours, and you, a prefect. Sir, I wanted to ask you something. Ask away then, my boy. Ask away. Sir... I wondered what you know about, about Horcruxes. I don't know anything about Horcruxes, and I wouldn't tell you if I did. Now, get out of here at once, and don't let me catch you mentioning them again.
2: I'm Heather Price-Wright.
1: And I'm
0: Alex Dallenberg.
2: And apologies at the top of the episode for my voice. I am sick for the second time in four weeks, so welcome, Winter. Um, what a mess. This week we are still reading Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. We have the chapters called A Sluggish Memory and Birthday Surprises. As usual we will be spoiling big old portions of the Harry Potter canon and we will be cursing amply. We also have some adult themes. This week's adult themes are birthday drama, imposter syndrome, pet names, memory loss, and day drinking, <laughs> which uh, is sort of the most and least fun activity I can think of.
0: We're not doing it right now.
2: No, I'm too sick to day drink. Maybe a hot toddy.
0: <laughs> I'm going to see The Cursed Child later on Broadway. Yeah, so... So it's a banner day for me.
2: When you all hear this, Alex and I will both have seen Cursed Child, and we will be cooking up something to do about that fact so uh stay tuned i cannot tell you any kind of timing for that but
0: worth going to midtown on a sunday for yeah i would say
2: anyway alex what happened this week
0: in this week's chapters everybody heads back to school after the holiday break Molly Weasley is super bummed and very tearful as she sends everybody through the fireplace to go back to Hogwarts. I guess they've lifted, like, the flu network restriction or whatever, and, like, Hogwarts has been temporarily connected to the flu network.
2: They go back to school a different way every single time. (laughs) It's just, like, fucking pick something that's, like, safe and consistent.
0: I I mean, the flu network seems like it is, but whatever, Uh, anyway, so everyone fucking travels through a fireplace back to school. McGonagall tells them not to get too much, like, ash on the carpet. The fireplace they go through is in McGonagall's office. Seems really inconvenient for her. Certainly there are other fireplaces in Hogwarts.
2: That are maybe more public, unless (laughs) in somebody's (laughs) private quarters.
0: Everybody's got kind of the January glums. The fat lady is hungover as fuck. Ron and Hermione still aren't on speaking terms. But everyone has something exciting to look forward to because apparition lessons are coming up. So, Magic Driver's Ed, here we go. <laughs> but before that happens, Harry has another lesson with Dumbledore. Things get a little heated because they clash over what Harry saw happen between Draco and Snape. Harry's like... Harry basically is like, dude, Dumbledore, what the fuck? Like, something is clearly up with Snape. Dumbledore's like, don't challenge me.
2: Well, Dumbledore's like, I know more than you.
0: Yeah, basically. So after that awkward moment, Dumbledore and Harry get down to business. Dumbledore tells Harry about Lovo's teenage years. Dumbledore says, Harry... Lovo was a teenage dirtbag, baby. <laughs> except uh, he except wasn't. he wasn't. He was, like, Mr. Perfect. He had, like, this kind of cult of followers around him. Lots of admirers. He was, like, he dropped his orphanage churlishness and became this, like, suave, high-achieving, popular, successful student. And uh, he had lots of friends.
2: And he was hot.
0: Yeah. Many of which who later became... The core of the original Death Eaters.
2: So, awesome.
0: Yeah. And, but no one was ever able to pin anything on Voldemort and his Lovo crew. Um, They should have given themselves, like, a name.
2: They did. Oh, yeah, the they Death did. Eaters. The Death
0: Eaters. But, you know, like, before the Death Eaters. Maybe they were always calling themselves the Death Eaters. I Is there know.
2: a cooler name than Death Eaters?
0: Uh, yeah, you're right. There's not. The Junior Death Eaters. The,
2: like, Sexy Seven or whatever? (laughs) Like, what would be better than that? You're
0: right. You're right. Anyway, they never got caught for anything, including the fact that the Chamber of Secrets was opened and a girl died. Also, at some point, Lovo got really into genealogy, so that's always, like, troubling. (laughs) Dumbledore says, okay, we gotta move along. It's Morphin time! We're going into... (laughs) Morphin Gaunt's memory. Very hard for me to extract. So, Dumbledore and Harry take another swim in the pensive. We see a teenage Lovo confronting Morphin. He wants to know where Marvolo is. He's, like, figured out that, like, Marvolo was his, uh, grandfather. Morphin says Marvolo's dead. Morphin at first thinks that he's the senior Tom Riddle instead of Tom Riddle Jr., so Lovo learns that the Riddles live nearby, uh, the memory goes dark, and Dumbledore fills in the blanks for us, it turns out that Lovo then went to the nearby Riddle home and killed his father, Tom Riddle Sr., and his two grandparents to boot, and framed Morfin for the murder. Including, like, implanting a false memory that caused him to confess. So, Morphin was imprisoned in Azkaban, and Dumbledore. But Dumbledore was able to extract the correct memory from him before he died from, like. Azkaban. Azkaban Azkaban-ness. So, dang, dude. Fuck that. Dumbledore then produces what he says is perhaps the most important memory he's shown Harry yet. He has kind of a hard time getting it out of the, like. Brain like container. Uh, What's that? File. Word is yeah. Vial. yeah, file. The file.
2: File. F. No. Ph.
0: Vile. No, B-I-A-A. they say file in the book. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. They super say file.
2: They do. Yep. Wow. File.
0: Owned in front of the entire Quibbler listener You're audience. You're
2: right. I am. I'm contrite.
0: <laughs> so, file that one under alex wins (laughs) anyway he has a hard time getting the brain goo out of the file uh but eventually it comes out it is teenage tom riddle at what i guess is a meeting of the slug club uh or one of you know one of fucking slughorn's little soirees slughorn's in a very good mood because tom has given him a box of crystallized pineapple his favorite candy everybody's sort of shooting the shit until Slughorn realizes that it's pretty late, so he sends all the boys uh, back off to bed. Also, it doesn't seem like women were admitted to the Slug Club at this point in history. It's like
2: McSorley's. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> which is a very famous bar in uh, in the East Village.
2: That didn't admit women until, like...
0: Like the 1970s, 7- 90- something, <laughs> something like <laughs> disturbingly late. Anyway, uh, no women are at this Slug Club uh, meeting, but, you know, times change. So everybody heads off to bed, but Tom hangs back and says, Professor, I have a question for you. Slughorn says, anything, my boy. Anything. He says, if you were a hot dog, then you were hungry. Would you eat yourself? What? No, that's not what happens. He says, what can you tell me about Horcruxes? And the memory gets all, like, weird and foggy, and... Harry just hears, like, Slughorn's disembodied voice being like, Get the fuck out of here! I don't know anything about them! And if I did, I wouldn't tell you! And that had happened, like, one other time in the memory, too, where, like, Slughorn chimed in and was like, You're gonna come to a bad end, young man! Quit being so evil! So, end scene. Dumbledore tells Harry that the memory, obviously, has been tampered with and that Harry's mission, should he choose to accept it, actually has no choice to accept it. He just says, "Your mission is to get the pristine memory from Slughorn. You're the only one with the chance. Your Slughorn's weakness. Go get him, Tiger." Fast forward to potions class with Slughorn. They're working on antidotes. Specifically, they're learning about Gulpalot's Third Law, which states that the antidote for a blended poison will be equal to more than the sum of the antidotes for each of the separate components." Unquote. Uh, Harry isn't really paying attention, so he's like fucking up in the lesson, and it finally seems like Hermione is going to outdo Harry at potions this year, which she is super hella fucking psyched about. But Harry, in desperation, flips ahead in his textbook and finds the words Just shove a bezoar down their throats. So when Slughorn comes around to check on everyone's antidotes Harry just hands him a bezoar. A bezoar? I cannot pronounce this name. It's a stone from the belly of a goat. Slughorn thinks this is fucking hilarious and gives Harry full marks and Gryffindor 10 points for sheer cheek. Uh, and Hermione is livid. A Bezor, we learn, I'm just gonna say this differently every time, uh, a Bezor, we learn, can cure most poisons. Uh, but not all. But most. So, Harry found a little workaround. A, uh, a goat hack. (laughs) I don't know Harry sensing that Slughorn is extremely pleased with him hangs back and in a funny mirroring of the pensive scene asks Slughorn what he knows about Horcruxes Slughorn angrily refuses and says Dumbledore put you up to this didn't he I don't know anything about them Uh, I don't know anything leave me alone so that didn't work at all Hermione is fucking pissed at Harry for his performance in potions class, but she still researches Horcruxes for him. She can't find anything in the library except a cryptic line in the book Magic Most Evil that says, of the Horcrux most wicked and fucked up of magic, we shall say nothing. So that is ominous AF.
2: So it's too evil for most for evil.
0: For magic most evil, Yeah. It's just super duper fucking evil. Apparition lessons begin, taught by Wilkie Twycross. Wilkie Twycross is a apparition instructor sent by the Ministry of Magic. And he just wants the D. The three Ds, that is. He's really obsessed with teaching them the three Ds. Destination, determination, and deliberation. That's how you operate. You have to, like, envision your destination and then be, like, super determined to get there. And then I don't remember what deliberation is. You have to do it very deliberately.
2: You have to, like, think fucking hard. Yeah.
0: Doesn't go very well. Susan Bones splinches and says, Ouch, my bones! Meanwhile, Harry overhears Malfoy talking to Crabbe and Goyle about something. He tells them that something he's doing is taking longer than it should. Harry also infers that he's using them as lookouts for something. So Harry later uses the Marauder's Map for a goddamn change. Why isn't he using this all the time?
2: Yeah, no, I know. That's one of the most perennially annoying things about these books. Like, just fucking take this thing with you.
0: Marauder's Map, Cloak. Just like... Have him. Yeah.
2: Finally he's carrying the cloak with him everywhere.
0: <laughs> it's pretty suspicious though, because Harry often has trouble finding Draco in the map, although he thinks he just can't find him amidst all the other black dots. I don't know. Uh he does see Crab and Goyle guarding seemingly empty corridors. Ron's birthday arrives, uh, while Harry is looking in his trunk for the Marauders map to do his daily inspection. Ron unwraps and eats a bunch of chocolate cauldrons that he just found on the fucking floor... He thinks they're
2: a birthday present. <laughs> he
0: thinks this he thinks this box of chocolate cauldrons is a birthday present. Uh, as they're about to go down to breakfast, Ron starts acting super weird. He's sighing and talking about Romilda Vane and how he thinks he loves her and how her hair is so like glossy and black and awesome. So Harry then realizes that Ron has eaten by accident the chocolate cauldrons that Romilda gave. To him, to eat, which have been spiked with but 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 motherfucking love potion. So Ron is crazy in love. Harry can think of nothing else but to drag him down to Professor Slughorn's office before he makes a scene. Uh, he already has me He like punches Harry in the face for like, I guess insulting Romilda. By what does he say about Romilda?
2: Harry just says this is a joke.
0: He, like, insults Romilda Vane's honor. So Ron is losing it. So he drags Ron down to Slughorn's office. On the way they pass Lavender Brown, who is obviously put out by the fact that Ron is hemming and hawing about another woman. Slughorn whips up an antidote for Ron. He's cured. To celebrate, Slughorn suggests they get day drunk. This is all happening in the morning. This is in the a.m. Slughorn's in his dressing gown, and he's like... Mead, everybody? <laughs> he pulls out a bottle of mead. He'd been meaning to give Dumbledore as a birthday present, but he's like, well, if Dumbledore never gets it, he can never miss it. Even though Dumbledore knows all. But before they can toast, Ron drains his glass of mead and starts gagging. He's been poisoned! Slughorn panics, but Harry keeps his cool and finds the bezoir Bezois? Bezois? It's I, not French. I can't. I cannot say this word, Keeps the baz- finds the bazaar in his bag and shoves it down Ron's throat as the Half-Blood Prince instructed. Ron goes limp, but it seems like he's okay, and that's what happens in this week's chapters.
2: So we have this scene of Harry actually challenging Dumbledore and pushing back pretty hard.
1: Not of great importance, repeated Harry incredulously. Professor, did you understand... Yes, Harry, blessed as I am with extraordinary brain power, I understood everything you told me, said Dumbledore a little sharply. I think you might even consider the possibility that I understood more than you did. Again, I am glad that you have confided in me, but let me reassure you that you have not told me anything that causes me disquiet. Harry sat in seething silence, glaring at Dumbledore. What was going on? Did this mean that Dumbledore had indeed ordered Snape to find out what Malfoy was doing, in which case he had already heard everything Harry had just told him from Snape? Or was he really worried by what he had heard, but pretending not to be? So, sir, said Harry in what he hoped was a polite, calm voice, you definitely still trust? I have been tolerant enough to answer that question already, said Dumbledore, but he did not sound very tolerant anymore. My answer has not changed.
2: This is a great feisty Harry moment.
1: I, I
0: love it. Because
2: he's like, fucking listen to me for a second. Harry
0: unbound. And then Dumbledore is like, uh, one of us is a genius, and it's not you.
2: <laughs> yeah, Dumbledore does not like being challenged. It's actually really interesting because we only see, like, Twinkly Eyed Dumbledore for, like, four full books.
0: I mean, he doesn't like. Go ballistic on Harry. He's no, just like.
2: No. But he th- shuts him down. And he
0: says, like, oh, sometimes this happens between friends, like, lolly da, let's agree to disagree.
2: Yeah, but that's like really patronizing. Yeah. Like, he's not actually listening to Harry. And it's great to watch somebody be like, oh my god, Dumbledore, like, what if you're wrong? Unfortunately, Dumbledore's right in this case.
0: I know. That's.
2: For once. Is
0: so annoying. I know.
2: It's like when your mom is like constantly telling you like, do this, do this. Like, you'll feel better. It'll help you. Go to yoga. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, in my case, go to yoga. And she's fucking right. It's super annoying to listen to your mom when she's like reminding you about something that you're irritated by. But then she's fucking right. And this is what Dumbledore is doing. (laughs) I should go to yoga. And Harry should trust Snape, even though there is no evidence that Harry should trust Snape until like the last scene of the last book. No,
0: I mean there's evidence that Harry should trust Snape. The uh Snape becomes
2: pro- like the Death Eater overlord. Yeah,
0: but he protected the sorcerer's stone. Yeah. I guess can you rest on those laurels for a uh, seven books? Maybe not.
2: I mean in this book. I mean specifically like when Lovo returns. There's no evidence that Snape isn't a double agent for Lovo.
0: That's true. Especially
2: in these conversations with Draco. That's what
0: a good double agent he is. No,
2: I know. He's an amazing double agent. He's like the most skilled character in these books in a lot of ways. But it's just interesting to watch Dumbledore actually get challenged.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: And Harry continues to give negative fucks (laughs) in this book, which is delightful. We have... Evolved from emo Harry to, like, you know what? I'm fine,
0: Harry. Just self-assured Harry. Yeah. Chosen one Harry. Speaking of willful teens, <laughs> let's talk about teenage Lovo. He continues to develop the charming sociopath-like thing.
2: Yeah, he's genuinely terrifying. And you get kind of annoyed at all the grown-ups for, like, trusting him and being like oh this like preternaturally like chill suave pretty freaky kid is probably fine <laughs> even dumbledore is like he's probably fine dumbledore is suspicious. No, he's definitely suspicious dumbledore does not a good job though of like making his suspicions into action because lovo definitely succeeds in becoming the most powerful evil wizard ever That's true. Like, Dumbledore doesn't ultimately, like, do a great job keeping Lovo in check. Like, he lets him become Lord Voldemort. Yeah. Dumbledore, like, fundamentally fails here.
0: I mean, yeah, it's like the benefit of the doubt, right?
2: But not even that, like, he's not giving him the benefit of the doubt. He's doing the, like, trust but verify thing. But it doesn't work at all. Dumbledore totally fails to prevent... Tom Riddle from becoming Lord Voldemort.
0: Can we put this on Dumbledore, though? I mean, that's like a pretty extreme... With the benefit of hindsight, even with the benefit of hindsight, could you say this kind of mildly upsetting person is going to become, like, wizard Hitler?
2: Well, no, but I think, like, Dumbledore's the most powerful wizard in the world and, like, doesn't manage to, like, prevent this... Long before Lovo reaches the height of his powers. Because he's, like, overly trusting.
0: Hmm. I don't...
2: Like, Dumbledore's like, I kept an eye on him. And Harry's <laughs> like, yeah, fat lot of fucking good that did. He committed a murder by the time he was 16.
0: But it can't just be on Dumbledore.
2: No, obviously Dumbledore. it's not just on Dumbledore. I'm just saying, like, Dumbledore kind of, like, covers his ass What? By, by... Harry's like, well, you did sort of suspect him. And Dumbledore's like, yeah, sort of. And it's like, okay... You didn't do anything.
0: What was he supposed to do without, like...
2: I don't know. Figure it the fuck out. You're the most power... You <laughs> you just said you're a literal genius.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know. He
2: doesn't do anything. He just, like, fucking watches him. He lets him frame Hagrid. He, like, gets away with all this stuff, despite the fact that Dumbledore's like, I had a close eye on him. And it's like, okay.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah. Did you? Like, he does, did you really? He does commit a murder... At like sixteen years old.
2: Multiple murders. He yeah, a four people murder, die. A triple
0: homicide.
2: Overall. Like yeah, he he kills his father and grandparents. He makes I mean, he leads to the death of Moaning Myrtle. Well. Dumbledore's keeping a close eye on him is utterly ineffectual. <laughs> I guess like maybe he would have killed like more students, kind of. Ugh, my voice sounds awful. I'm really sorry, you guys.
0: I don't, I, just, I still don't blame Dumbledore too much. Here.
2: No, 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 I don't, okay, I don't blame Dumbledore. I just mean that Dumbledore is like pretty like, oh yeah, no, I was very careful. And it's like, you weren't.
0: You should have insisted that you went to Diagon Alley with him.
2: I mean, just like, do some behavior management. I don't know. I just think Dumbledore gives himself a lot of credit for, like, seeing ahead of time, like, what this was going to turn into. But, like, it doesn't do any good. Like, he doesn't prevent it. Yeah. He doesn't come anywhere close to preventing it. And he's just, like, he sort of relies on, like, oh, like, Lovo is going to become Lovo. And it's, like, I just don't think that's inevitable.
0: I guess the question is, how much is the person... This is, like, the big historical question, right? How much is Lord Voldemort and his personality, like the driver of, like, these two wizarding wars, and how much is he just a symptom of, like, socio-political and economic, like, forces? Clearly there were followers for Voldemort to recruit to his, like, ideas. Like, does this happen with Voldemort or without him? Like, does somebody else... No. If Dumbledore If Dumbledore, no. like... Voldemort if, is a
2: once in a generation mind. So
0: he's like a black swan basically. I mean,
2: well, I don't think I think you're right about all the sociopolitical forces that like allow him to like amass the kind of power he does, but everybody says like different from like muggles, like Lord Voldemort's actual magical powers are preternatural and once in a generation. Okay. There wasn't somebody else who was going to be able to become the kind of like super wizard. That Voldemort becomes. Okay. Like, I mean, we're given to understand in the world of the book that he is utterly unique, not necessarily in his views, but in his power. You know, Lestrange wasn't going to become like Voldemort if Voldemort didn't. Mm. Because Voldemort is a once in like a hundred years.
0: So he's like... Powerful wizard. So he is truly like... He's different. A Napoleon type or like...
2: More than Napoleon. Napoleon... Wasn't literally magical. (laughs) No. So more like, like
0: an antichrist.
2: Yes. Like his abilities are insane. I mean that's made very clear with Teenage Lovo. Like he's a genius. Right. He's incredibly powerful. He can do Avada Kedavra with like the flick of a wrist. Again by the time he's 16. Like his ability to develop his like dark magical skills is not normal and is not based on just his like political views because i don't think he actually has that many political views he believes that he shouldn't be allowed to die and that like people who aren't powerful the way he is deserve to be subjugated that's not like socio-political that's sociopathic <laughs> you know yeah like no i don't think so that you there's, don't like, think
0: he actually has a firm kind of pure blood ideology that, like, the Malfoys have.
2: I think his ideology or he uses
0: that as a means to gaining power. Yes.
2: I think his ideology is Lovo should be in charge of everything
0: hmm.
2: because, like, he is the most powerful and important and significant person on the face of the earth, which is being a sociopath. Interesting. Like, I don't actually think he's that ideological. Huh. I think he thinks all people that are less powerful than him, which obviously includes muggles in his estimation, deserve to be like under his rule. Right. But he also believes that about other wizards. Yeah. Like he clearly doesn't think like, oh, kind of any one of us Death Eaters could like really like lead this movement. Like he thinks that he's the greatest wizard of all time and that he should fucking rule all.
0: Forever. Yeah. For literal ever? For literal
2: ever. He doesn't think that he should have to die. And I don't think that's, like, anyone could have been that. Yeah. Clearly.
0: All right. I mean, I was just, I just thought I would float the question. Well, no, and it's a good
2: question. And it's a question in, like, Muggle Wars. But, like, I think it's different because we're given to understand that Lovos like, magic powers are just unreal. Yeah. But still, like, Dumbledore is, like, I don't know. I guess not to blame But Dumbledore is the other most powerful wizard in the world and he does let this happen under his watch.
0: Yeah.
2: But I guess what are you going to do? Like kill a teenager? I'm just like inclined to blame Dumbledore because I think Dumbledore gives himself a lot of credit. My take isn't that like Dumbledore is at fault but my take is that like people are like blind true believers in Dumbledore's like constant ability to save the day and he super doesn't when it matters the most.
0: Yeah. Fair enough.
2: So we go back to Mighty Morphin, uh, not so mighty, actually struck pretty low. He has such a big beard that you can't see his eyes, nose, and mouth, and which like is scary. And like bottles
0: all around his like, he's developed like substance abuse issues. It's pretty sad.
2: It is. He's like pretty severely addicted and mentally ill, actually, is what the basics are
0: here. So of course he becomes a victim of a cold and unfeeling criminal justice system. I don't know if it's, like, wild to me that he's so easily framed because, like, Morphin is exactly the kind of person who would, like, get a raw deal in, like, the courts. You know? He's, like, poor. He's mentally ill. He's, like, even though he's from this, like, old wizarding family, he's, like, you know, he's a fairly marginal character, so, like... Like, I'm not super surprised that the Wizards just, like, take him in and, like, th- like lock him up and throw away the key. and are just like, who cares about this guy? You know? Because, like, that's, like...
2: We have lots of examples of that in the American right. Muggle yeah, yeah. system. Like, he
0: gets... You know, I'm not surprised that Morphin gets, like, doesn't get a fair shake. But you would think that with all the technology... not te- It's not technology. It's magic. Well, Arthur C. Clarke said any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, basically. So maybe this all is technology. But anyway, with all the magical methods that wizards have of telling truth and also making other people not tell the truth, like your ability to, like, imperious people or, like, implant memories, uh, you'd think they just wouldn't take, like, a blanket confession as, like, proof of guilt. You know, there, there would be, like, kind of... Anytime a crime is committed, just sort of, like, basic due process.
2: Well, like, not even due process. Getting like, getting to the truth. Actual investigation.
0: Right, like...
2: They don't check any of this.
0: Like, yeah, you think you'd legit... Although, we're given to understand that it took a lot of, like, skilled legitimacy for Dumbledore to, like, uncover, like, what actually happened between yeah. Morphin and Tom Riddle.
2: Investigators should be doing legitimacy.
0: I mean, yeah, probably. Or, like... It's wild that you have a substance like Verita Serum and it's like never used. Although it's not clear in the case where someone's memory has been altered, whether Verita Serum would produce the actual truth or the implanted truth. Yeah,
2: that's a big question I have. Like, does Verita Serum reveal the truth as the person taking the Ver the Verita Serum believes the truth to be, or like the actual object? First of all, I don't believe all the way in actual objective truth. Um because like everything is mitigated through like perspective and experience. But in this case, like would morphin taking Verita serum reveal, oh, I didn't kill them, I was hexed, or like, oh, here's this implanted memory, like this is what I remember happening, therefore this is the truth in like my consciousness. Because clearly the like reality is buried somewhere in his consciousness. Right. So just like how deep does Veritaserum serum go?
0: I I don't know. But basically it says to me that magic detective work is incredibly difficult. Uh, But
2: done badly or not even attempted. (laughs) They (laughs) don't actually do any investigation.
0: It also makes me wonder, and it doesn't seem like we have anything resembling like your basic jury trial. Well, it also... It makes me wonder like what evidence is admissible in court. Although it doesn't seem like you get, like, a trial before a jury of your peers every time. It seems like sometimes the Aurors just, like, decide to put you in prison. Unless you're Harry Potter and you do something that could get you expelled from school, and then they put you in front of, like, the entire wizen gamut. Like, I-, I don't know.
2: Well, also, they don't actually seem to have any kind of investigators. Right. Like, all of the court cases that we've seen rely pretty heavily on, like, confessions or (laughs) non-confessions like nobody is out in the field being like let's gather some actual fucking information here right nobody interviews any other witnesses like
0: i said it kind of makes sense that they would just sort of like that this would slip through the cracks because of various prejudices of the wizards like it's morphin who they just see as kind of a fucking annoyance, so they're glad to have, like have an excuse to put him away. And also it's three muggles, and they don't really care about muggles. Yeah,
2: muggle deaths aren't that important to them. But just like overall, like I feel like uh Sirius Black is another example of like they don't really do any investigating.
0: Well this, this is another example that's not completely Dumbledore's fault. The no wizarding authorities let this Tom Riddle murder, like
2: Oh no, for sure slip
0: through the cracks. I, yes,
2: it's not Dumbledore's fault. I just think Dumbledore gives himself a lot of credit. Over and over and over, I think Dumbledore gives himself a lot of credit.
0: This is a system. this is a systemic failure.
2: Oh, for <laughs> sure. I mean, anytime like a uh, a serial killer, for example, like is able to serial kill for a really long time, like it's a failure of a lot of systems at once, including the fucking
0: patriarchy usually. You know what would have stopped Voldemort? What? He's a hoarder, right? Yeah. Marie Kondo.
2: <laughs> Marie Kondo would have been, been like, like Thank Marvola's ring for its service to you and then throw it away. Does
0: this locket spark joy?
2: And Voldemort's like, I'm incapable of feeling joy. Yeah. So, like, I guess no.
0: But my soul is in there. So, so I, I probably need, need, need it. To, yeah, I need to hang on to that.
2: Um, uh, <laughs> Morphin's a really sad character.
0: Yeah. Marvello, He just never has a chance.
2: Yeah. Marvolo I blame a little more because he seems to have a little bit more of his wits about him and has these like really strong and really repugnant beliefs. And Morphin is just like brainwashed and ill. Yeah. And it seems like drunk from a pretty young age also. And
0: nearly feral.
2: Yeah. And um, it's a really he's that story ends really sadly.
0: It does. Uh, he calls Moropia a slut. Yeah, I was surprised. This that's that word.
2: strong language for Harry Potter.
0: Now we know we're in the teenage parts. Now, man, like I
2: know, there's not a ton of cursing, but "slut" is a strong word.
0: Uh, I heard Jim Dale say it as I was like, and I was like, "What did Jim Dale just say, slut?" Dang! I wonder <laughs> if they had
2: to replace that from some Britishism. I don't know, y'all. Somebody email us and tell us what it is in the British version of the book if you happen to have it. Is it slut? Is that something you guys say over there?
0: All right. One last point about wizard investigations. Uh, Harry asks Dumbledore how the ministry didn't know that Tom Riddle had committed this crime because he was underage at the time. And Dumbledore's explanation
1: makes no sense. But how come the Ministry didn't realize that Voldemort had done all that to Morphine? Harry asked angrily. He was underage at the time, wasn't he? I thought they could detect underage magic. You are quite right. They can detect magic, but not the perpetrator. You will remember that you were blamed by the Ministry for the hover charm that was, in fact, cast by Dobby, growled Harry. This injustice still rankled. So, if you're underage and you do magic inside an adult witch or wizard's house, the Ministry won't know? They will certainly be unable to tell who performed the magic, said Dumbledore, smiling slightly at the look of great indignation on Harry's face. They rely on witch and wizard parents to enforce their offspring's obedience while within their walls. Well, that's rubbish, snapped Harry.
2: Well first of all I want to note that's a really really good question from Harry.
1: Yeah.
0: Harry's sharp. So he so Dumbledore what does Dumbledore say? Dumbledore basically says oh they like have a general idea if magic was committed by an underage person but they don't know like who did it necessarily. No,
2: it's not even that. Dumbledore says they know when magic is done and if they happen to know that it was done in a place where an underage wizard was they
0: just accuse that underage wizard of doing magic. So, like, yeah. I never understood, because, like, Dobby uses the hover charm. But and he they blame even, Harry for it. But he doesn't even use, like, Harry's wand, no. right? But, like, because they know Harry lives there and is living with muggles, he gets, like, accused. But how would you ever even detect this in, like, a magical household where there are multiple, like, grown witches and wizards? Or at least two, like, mom and dad. Well, like...
2: Ron and Ginny could do magic whenever they wanted. He says they rely on wizard parents to just like soft enforce it in their own homes, which is a ridiculous way to enforce a law. That's like saying like, oh we have like 21 is the drinking age, but we can tell if somebody in a house drinks and we're just gonna like trust that if it's like a kid like a parent is taking care of it.
0: (laughs) I mean I guess we sort of depend on parents to do a lot of that.
2: Well, like for yeah, social but cohesion. like cohesion But like we can't detect drinking when it happens. Right. And just be like, oh well there's a bunch of people in that household, so like, I guess it might be the kid, but like we don't know. It's just a I weird mean,
0: system. We shouldn't use that power even if we had it, because that's like incredibly like invasive. No, I know. And I mean I think it's weird to begin with that like they like have this dragnet out for like underage magic like oh yeah
2: it's really like it's it's in keeping with their like surveillance state okay so maybe the drinking age thing isn't like a good metaphor because like we basically do rely on like adults to enforce that like most of the time
0: yeah but I mean Harry's like that's rubbish like I was given to understand that they could like figure this out and that's like
2: yeah that's true that's what I thought they do give the impression that they can tell like who does the magic Uh Ah. I think this is just, like, a plot hole that she sort of, like, very, very, very sort of, like, sloppily papers over with, like, a one-off line from Dumbledore.
0: He's like, it makes total sense. And Harry just says, no. No, it doesn't. No, it super doesn't. They're arguing about plot points within—they're arguing about plot holes within the the chapter. Because, like, okay, they know that magic was committed, so they just guess that it's underage magic— if magic happens somewhere, that it seems likely that an underage person is committing magic. So they just know that the killing curse happened at the Riddle House.
2: And they can trace the wand it came from. They
0: can't tell that it was... Only if they find the wand, though. That's true. Uh, They can't tell that it was committed by an underage wizard or not.
2: Yeah, but even in Harry and Dobby's case, like, you'd think you would be able to tell, like, they're a different species. Like, don't you think that, like, How self-magic, like, manifests differently than, like, wizard wand magic. This
0: makes no sense. I know.
2: This is going way, way, way back in plot points. But, like, now that they're explaining how this works, like, that scene completely falls apart.
0: Uh, I mean, you'd also think that just Tom Riddle would be a person of interest.
2: I mean, His father is murdered. That is true. Yeah. They don't even
0: question him?
2: But do they know that that's his parentage? Like, that's not... Like, His name's Tom Riddle Jr. Oh, word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nobody investigates him. His name's him.
0: Tom Riddle.
2: Yeah, word. Okay, uh, you're totally right. This is ridiculous. It's
0: Tom Marvolo Riddle.
2: So, Marvolo is the father of the man that <laughs> gets put in jail for it. Tom Riddle is the name of the guy just that
0: died. Just ask him a few questions, man. Yeah. You know,
2: like, <laughs> Damn, that's a really good point. <laughs>
0: You'd think they would at least even inform him. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. And like to thing. see how he reacts. His dad is
2: dead and nobody
0: tells him. Well, I mean, maybe they do and that's just not in this chapter.
2: Well, but, yeah, fair enough. <sighs> but it doesn't... I don't know, it doesn't seem like it. It doesn't... Because this is like... Dumbledore seems like the only person that, like, knows this history.
0: Yeah. I I always thought the underage magic thing didn't make a ton of sense, but now it makes even less sense. Yeah. Let's talk about something slightly less infuriating.
2: Uh, only marginally.
1: Apparition. Step two, said Twycross. Focus your determination to occupy the visualized space. Let your yearning to enter it flood from your mind to every particle of your body. Harry glanced around surreptitiously. A little way to his left, Ernie MacMillan was contemplating his hoop so hard that his face had turned pink. It looked as though he was straining to lay a quaffle-sized egg. Harry bit back a laugh and hastily returned his gaze to his own hoop. Step three, called Twycross, and only when I give the command... Turn on the spot, feeling your way into nothingness, moving with deliberation. On my command now. One. Harry glanced around again. Lots of people were looking positively alarmed at being asked to apparate so quickly. Two. Harry tried to fix his thoughts on his hoop again. He had already forgotten what the three D's stood for. Three. Harry spun on the spot, lost balance, and nearly fell over. This is a really funny chapter, though. Yeah, it's it a delightful so, scene. It's so driver's ed,
0: down to like the ancient hoops, you know. I lo- oh yeah, all <laughs> the
2: like tool, like all the just the like weird orange cones and
0: like <laughs> that haven't um, been replaced. And since the like, like drivers the 1950s. at fifties, the like
2: kind of wizened like drivers ed instructor that they like bring in once a year, like <laughs> only for the sixteen year olds, <laughs> who's just like. Tells you about the jaws of life kind of thing.
0: <laughs> like. It's so... Uh, she's so good at school.
2: Yeah, she really is.
0: But let's talk a little about the mechanics of apparating. It seems really hard. Yeah. Like, the way Wilkie Twycross describes it, like, you basically need, like, Buddhist monk levels of, like, focus, focus and determination... He says, "Imagine yourself like dissolving into nothingness and like reappearing and being replaced with like your yearning for the place that you want to be." So, a it seems like an appropriate amount of like work to literally teleport yourself through time and space to like another location. Like it doesn't seem like apparition should be easy per se, but when you watch the movies. Like, Fantastic Beasts, or even in the books of, like, the Battle at the Ministry scene, like, everybody just apparating right and left. Like, do adult wizards have, like, Jedi-level, like...
2: Well, yeah, you would need to be practicing, like, transcendental meditation for, like, (laughs) ten years before you could achieve this kind of, like, pinpoint focus.
0: Unless he's just overplaying it, which he might be, because he's an instructor, but...
2: don't you, it seems like you need to be able to like pretty perfectly picture the place you want to be. Right. So like in the first scene of this book where like Narcissa and Bellatrix like apparate to the like random like riverbank a mile from Snape's house. Like how do you get somewhere that you don't like know really well?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I think you're right. There's this like weird kind of like tension here because the, the difficulty level makes sense Based on how, like, the reality of space-time and how totally shocking it is that wizards can even do this. But,
0: yeah, it, it seems it seems like people apparate at, like, the drop of a hat. And, like, a lot of the times people in this book are apparating under circumstances of, like, extreme stress. Yeah. So, like, how do you clear... It doesn't seem like wizards are that zen, man. Because, like, the way Wilkie describes it is you need to, like, clear your mind and, like, focus on what you're doing. Like, this is, like, this is, like, some, like, dune, like, fucking spacer, spice-eating, like, concentration required to do this, it seems like. And, like, Fred and George just apparate to the bathroom.
2: 17-year-olds learn how to do this. (laughs) Who can't focus on shit?
0: I like the idea that apparating is diffi- should be difficult and, like, kind of under, like, special circumstances because it would also explain why wizards need so many other goddamn methods of transportation. Yeah. You know? That's But, like, true. everybody just seems to apparate all the fucking time, uh, even though it sounds uncomfortable and difficult. But I guess driving is technically difficult and people die all the time. Yeah,
2: driving is also, like, pretty dangerous, which... Maybe that's, maybe that's not actually true, and I just have, like, an extreme... No, driving
0: is incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Driving's, like, like one of the top killers in, like, the United States, yeah. right? Like, that's not wrong.
2: Actually, like, way more people probably die driving than die splinching. Yeah. So, but what if you splinch without, like, a major organ? That's like, what I What if I you was leave, thinking. like, your heart or brain behind?
0: Right. Susan Bones splinches, and she just, like, leaves a leg behind, but, like... Yeah, if her brain was like gone, wouldn't she just die immediately?
2: I don't know, but maybe it's maybe you can only splinch and leave like extremities. Uh, but would... like, what if you splinched without your head? <laughs> like, how would you correct
0: that? I I don't know. Wizards seem to be able to endure a higher level of like.
2: Oh yeah, we've talked about this already. Like physical trauma yeah. seems to impact them. Like less. it seems
0: like a wizard's head could maybe survive longer off the body, at like least long chicken's. enough to, like, yeah, at least long enough to get, like, reattached, but I don't know. They also
2: don't seem to have any teaching method for, like, how not to splinch.
0: <laughs> yeah, like Wilkie's you- basically like, all right, I've told you how to apparate, now everyone do it.
2: You might splinch.
0: Although, I mean, how else would you
2: I don't know. learn There's how like to do it? There's, like, instructions you have to- for how not to crash <laughs> in a in driver's ed, there's like, hey, you have breaks
0: Yeah, I don't know the, the mechanism for this, I don't quite get it
2: It's like really fun
0: It's a and great I, chapter
2: And I really enjoyed it, but yeah, it's thinking about it too hard As with a lot of the magic in these books it's What just else like, are we
0: here to do? Let's uh, not overthink it
2: Yeah, exactly uh,
0: Also, the lessons are really expensive They're 12 galleons for this 12-week course That's more than a wand. A wand is like eight galleons.
2: Yeah, this is one of those things where, like, this is a scene where Ron normally would be like, I can't afford that. Like, how are the Weasleys paying for um, all of their kids to take apparition maybe lessons? Maybe everybody just
0: ponies up for apparition lessons. Also, Mr. Weasley has a promotion. So. Oh, also,
2: Fred and George are like rolling in it. That's true. So They're now real. So they
0: probably fronted. They maybe fronted the money. I guess for this. the
2: Weasleys are actually like fine now.
0: Wow, the Weasleys are the only upwardly mobile family in the wizarding and it's world
2: because of their entrepreneurial sons, who Mrs. Weasley thinks are like no goodniks.
0: Neo, liberal quibbler podcast the quibbler podcast for neoliberals
2: speaking of things that feel like at least close to kind of difficult and or sciency we have this interesting scene in potions class where they learn theory yeah the for F- the first time
0: couple law
2: is like seems like actual
0: chemistry And Harry does his damn best to avoid learning it. In fact, he doesn't learn it. Harry avoids learning the only bit of practical theory that he's ever taught in these books by, like, grabbing his
2: dick bag. By
0: grabbing his like Game Genie or whatever the fucking Half Blood Prince book. Um,
2: And by just like. Being rude. Like, I love imagining this scene in Snape's class. Dude. Because the difference in reaction, Slughorn is like, oh, lol, like, you're such a cat. And Snape would be like, get the fuck out of my yeah, class. He'd be
0: like, okay, tell me how a Bezoir, Bezelbub thing, tell me exactly how it stops people from being poisoned. Yeah,
2: why don't you tell me a little bit of theory behind the Bezoir? Uh, but Harry can't because Harry doesn't actually know shit. <laughs> and, you know... Hermione has a point when she's just like, you're not learning.
1: Hermione had left her stool and was halfway towards Slughorn's desk before the rest of the class had realized it was time to move. And by the time Harry, Ron, and Ernie returned to the table, she had already tipped the contents of her vial into her cauldron and was kindling a fire underneath it. It's a shame that the prince won't be able to help you much with this, Harry, she said brightly as she straightened up. You have to understand the principles involved this time. No shortcuts or cheats. Annoyed, Harry uncorked the poison he had taken from Slughorn's desk, which was a garish shade of pink, tipped it into his cauldron and lit a fire underneath it. He did not have the faintest idea what he was supposed to do next. He glanced around at Ron, who was now standing there looking rather gormless, having copied everything Harry had done. You sure the prince hasn't got any tips? ron muttered to harry
2: it's really a hallmark of one of hermione's major character flaws that the reason this annoys her is because she likes to be the best in class like that's silly but she's totally right in that he's not learning how to do anything and he's not like using his education to like the best of its ability one question that we had as we were going through some actual potions theory is like This seems like something a muggle could do yeah, if he, like, had the ingredients. If you
0: had, yeah, if you had the ingredients and... Like the potion book. The potion book. Could a muggle make this stuff?
2: Well, okay, this is
0: a dumb example.
2: But in Hocus Pocus, (laughs) remember they, like, steal the witch's brew book?
0: I've never seen Hocus Pocus.
2: Yeah, it would scare you. It would genuinely frighten uh, me. It almost certainly you. would. Alex yeah. has no stomach for scary movies. No. It's adorable.
0: Uh, Ghostbusters is my limit because <laughs> they have the means to fight back against the ghosts.
2: I mean, to be fair, Hocus Pocus is witches, which is a little different. And I think scarier because, like, I a little bit believe in witches. Also, The Witches by Roald Dahl, like, ruined me when I was <laughs> little. Anyway, so they, like, in Hocus Pocus they steal the book and they're like leafing through it and they find stuff that they can do. Like there's like a scene where it's like, oh, if you put salt around yourself, like you're protected from witches or like something in a graveyard or I don't remember. But like non-witches can do the spells in Hocus Pocus if they like have the the shit for them. So I wonder if it's like this in Harry Potter where like if you had a Bezoar, and somebody had swallowed, like, arsenic. Like, would that work?
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I guess we're sort of given to understand that muggles can't, like, identify certain magical, like, herbs and fungi. But
2: what if, like, you just put, like, what if you transported Hermione's dad to potions class? Right. And we're like, here's all the shit. Like, here's the book. All you have to do is put this stuff and over like, a fire and like stir, stir
0: in a certain direction. Like
2: would his potion turn into a potion?
0: That is a good question.
2: Also, would like wizarding potions work on muggles? Like could a muggle take a love potion? It yes, seems
0: like yes. We know he does it. So she either enchants him or uses a love potion. Yeah, they work on muggles.
2: So like does the opposite work?
0: Oh, and Muggles are admitted to St. Mungo's occasionally.
2: That's true. So clearly like potions act on Muggles. So like could Muggles use potions?
0: Ah, uh, I don't know. I it seems like yes.
2: This seems like one of those things where you don't actually have to be a wizard
0: I to mean, make them. Squibs? Should just study potion making.
2: That's true. Squibs could like get really like like decent jobs in the wizarding world and be apothecaries.
0: You know, yeah. Filch should have taken up potion making. As long as you don't need, because some some potions require incantations, but not all. But not
2: all, and and it seems like relatively few. In fact, Mm -hmm. so if you were like a really smart, like if you were like a really intellectually gifted squib, like you could probably come up with like poison. Yeah, you have
0: access to all. The
2: materials, All
0: the materials, and you have knowledge of, like, magical plants.
2: This seems, like, a little bit more like Care of Magical Creatures, where, like, the, like, items are magical, but you don't have to be... Like, could a muggle, like, take care of a blast and did
0: Scrooge? Well, I mean, Hagrid's wand has been busted, and he can't use magic, so yeah.
2: That's true, yeah. So this potion seems like something that, like, theoretically you could do without being magic Right, the idea...
0: I mean, whatever. This is, like... Wizards can't imagine integrating the non magical and magical world, even though potion seems like a place where muggles would clearly have access to magic in some form.
2: And, like, honestly, could excel at it. Yeah. This seems to take more, like, intellect than magical giftedness. I
0: mean, that's what Snape said. It's the very first book. and No foolish wand waving.
2: And Snape is interesting because Snape is really an intellectual character. Like, Snape's a thinker. And also pretty fucking good at magic. But, yeah, anyway. Oh, speaking of potions. This last scene. Oh boy, is it fun.
0: (laughs) The Ron lovesickness scene is one of my favorite sequences in this book. Maybe any of the books. Because Rowling can't write, like... Ron and Harry getting like drunk scene because that would be like not really appropriate in a middle grade book. But it sort of has that feeling of like Harry and Slughorn being Ron's like drunk babysitter because he's had like a few too many. Although by accident in this case, he got poisoned, but... Yeah. Po- he got love potioned. But I-, I think it's like a funny like metaphor for that, I think.
2: Oh, I totally agree. I also love that a moment of like a two sort of sub like two sequential moments of genuine peril that Ron finds himself in are because he just can't fucking say no to like sweets and like drinks
0: it's hilarious but it is also another example of rolling like shaming indulgence
2: yeah that's true
0: because like, Ron's in trouble for eating too much
2: yeah but Ron's Ron wasn't thin, such a so yeah, it's like Ron- funny right, rather than like, of like
0: repulsive pathetic
2: and repulsive yeah Fred and George definitely should not be allowed to sell these. Dude,
0: Ron commits a literal crime of passion. He physically assaults Harry under the influence of a love potion. He could have committed, like, a murder.
2: It seems like he is at a point where he is capable of really hurting someone.
0: Like, God knows what he's capable of. That's why Harry drags him down to slughorns, because he's like, I don't know what you're going to do, Yeah, he's like, you're
2: completely out of control.
0: uh, But you
2: know what? People sell booze.
0: That's true, but this seems way more, like, dangerous because, like, it's increasing, like, sexual aggression, just aggression in in period, you know? Again, like,
2: so does alcohol.
0: Yeah, all right. Fair enough. (laughs) I mean, but Love Potion also has the, like, non-consensual, like, sex part of it. Like
2: So does alcohol. Yeah, all right. I mean, I don't know. But this is
0: specifically designed.
2: Yes, that's true. No, you're right. You're right. I do think that this should be more heavily regulated and probably not sold. It seems like it's sold to, like, 12-year-olds. No,
0: love potion should be straight-up illegal. You think? Full stop. Yes, absolutely.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I do, I just...
0: This should be as highly regulated a substance as... What else is illegal in the wizarding world? So many things are, like, technically illegal, but... But not You shouldn't be able to buy these off... You don't even need a prescription, you know man. You can buy these off the counter. Well, what would over- you need you a can-
2: prescription for?
0: That's true. I need a prescription for... Uh- oh, actually, within a consensual relationship, where the, like, kind of passion is, like, run down, and you, like, really want to feel, like, hot for your partner, in that case, a love pro- potion could be ethically prescribed...
2: So it's like magical Viagra?
0: Yes. Uh, But it would need to be incredibly highly regulated because it seems like most people use love potions to try to get people to sleep with them that wouldn't sleep with them otherwise, or at least smooch them.
2: But I mean, even – so you would have to – to prescribe it in the situation you've just described, you would need – unlike something like Viagra, you would need both parties' explicit consent. Right. Right. If a husband is like, oh like my wife isn't that into me anymore and like won't like give it up, basically, like I would like a love potion for her, please. Like that's still non consensual. Like you would need both parties yes. to sort of be equally prescribed to Prescribed
0: this. through like, like a program counseling. of rigorous couples counseling, which would never happen in the wizarding world. Also, let's be real, no one prescribes anything. Everyone homebrews like medicines in their basements in this world or yeah. I guess St. Mungo's gives out like potions but, so does you like know. the hospital way. it doesn't seem like there's not like script writing in this universe
2: no that's uh, true
0: none I, I don't know it also
2: seems like people don't take medication outside of like healthcare facilities Arthur isn't taking like blood pressure medication
0: <laughs> like you
2: go to the hospital they give you a potion they like leave you on it for like whatever like the course of antibiotics that you need and then you go home but it doesn't seem like there's like any like maintenance potions that people take yeah yeah They should be heavily regulated at very very least at
0: the very at the very least that you should not be able to walk into a joke store and buy them <laughs> so
2: i was thinking about this sequence and about ramilda in particular and i think like in the last couple episodes i gone pretty hard against JK Rowling about the sort of like unreality of these like roving bands of like sexually aggressive women and I've just been thinking about my own teen girldom a little more and like teen girls are pretty out of control like I'm going to I'm going to soften that a little bit like I remember teen girls like making some like really really dubious and upsetting choices some
0: extreme yeah but Teens usually go to extremes in general. Oh
2: yeah, but usually like so. I, yes, I can see teenage girls using love potions on boys. Like I can imagine this happening in like my teenage experience if it was available. I just like I remember most teenage girl aggression being like intramural and like about boys, but not like at boys. So like I'm surprised that Romilda isn't like going hard against Hermione like given her interest in Harry and how much time they spent together as opposed to just like trying to like trick Harry into liking her but I do want to like a little bit like soften my take that like that the depiction of Romilda and her friends like doesn't make any sense because like I've been reflecting on like what I and my friends were like as teenagers and we were totally ridiculous people in a lot of ways and would have done dumb stuff like this like for sure yeah Yeah, out of, like, just having no impulse control and, like, no sort of, like, future consequences. Like, no concept of future consequences or, like, whether we were hurting people ever. I
0: mean, it's extreme to try to slip Harry a love potion.
2: Yeah, but, like... Like,
0: what's Romilda gonna do after it wears off? Like, keep giving him love potions? Or yeah,
2: like, that is true. Well, but that's very teenage, to, right. like, not think multiple steps like, ahead. what's the
0: next step? Yeah,
2: just, like, imagine this, like, one romantic moment where, like, Harry Potter all of a sudden is in love with you, but then, like, okay, yeah, what happens next? But, but that's very teenager.
0: But creepily in love with you. Like, Ron is, like, off the deep end here.
2: Well, they also say that love potions get stronger. Like, they age. So... This one has sort of like turned. Like this has gotten like if he had eaten it right when she had given it mm-hmm. to him, like I think it would have been a different potency because doesn't slughorn say, yeah, yeah, he does say Like that. love potions get like way more intense cuz like it's like off a little bit. Right, right. Um but still no, like fair point. He's like totally out of control. Poor
0: guy. Ron's in a bad way. Slughorn is well, he's clutch at the beginning of this scene.
2: But then he like totally falls apart yeah. at the poison part. But he's
0: a very good love drunk babysitter. Like he's super good at like, when someone's under the influence of some gnarly potion, just he's being just like, like at, all right,
2: like, like he's very calming. Mm-hmm. He's like, we're you're good. We're gonna like figure this out. Like yeah. But then he like totally falls apart. But yeah. I mean, I think he it makes sense that he totally falls apart because like he's the one that's like given this poor young man this like poison. Well, he's in shock. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck just happened? How does this is poisoned by Draco? Yeah, right, we're gonna
0: find we're gonna find out. I just how like this happens. I don't either. remember
2: how Draco knows that this is for Dumbledore.
0: I uh, I don't know. So
2: this is an interesting
0: moment. We will, um, we will find out subsequently or be reminded.
2: True. Who's your unsung hero?
0: My unsung hero is the fat lady who is just so hungover from like. The holidays, and now she's having a dry January, and she's <laughs> changed the password to abstinence. Although I had yeah, her and her friend Violet drank all the wine in like another painting, which I have some metaphysical questions about this. Do they just need to paint more wine now, or whatever <laughs> they drink? You know, no, like, I think it someone- like
2: magically replenishes because the painting always has wine in it. The painting can't like,
0: does it? No, I don't right. think we I don't know, know that. You're right, we don't they know gonna- that. Are they have to gonna bring in is Dumbledore going to have to hire like an art, an art restoration, restoration like expert <laughs> to like refill all the libations in like the paintings? Also, how does the fat lady experience drunkenness? So she she herself is a representation. She's drinking the representation of like alcohol, yeah, and it makes her drunk. Is it because? Wizards, who the wizards who created this art know that that makes drunkenness. I, I there's a lot of existential questions here,
2: as there always are. With the they, paintings, there's what does the these, fat like, lady
0: see when she looks out of the painting? Is it another painting?
2: There's always these like funny throwaway moments with paintings, which are like in reality absolutely chilling. Yes.
0: Like, how does she experience that drunkenness? That's what I want no, to know. Like, really... it can't be the same chemical reaction that happens to like people right, she not doesn't in have the a body. world <laughs> it's wild
2: you're totally is, right is it just
0: this is it just like the simulacrum of drunkenness that everyone sees from the outside I and know. she's not actually drunk i don't know
2: she seems to be in discomfort that's true like she or is it just be, a
0: representation of discomfort? I
2: don't know. I don't know. And this makes my, the, like, sort of semiotics weird. like a weird here, like, AI my video hurt. game?
0: Like, I, where does the fat lady's, con- how much consciousness does the fat lady have?
2: And how does the, is like, representation pain? of alcohol affect that, like, sort of semi-consciousness? Is she in
0: pain or are they just watching, like, a video game depiction of, like, pain? Like, is she
2: capable of experiencing pain? Yeah. Is she even a being? Like, what the fuck is this? What is the
0: fat lady Holy
2: shit. I know, it's terrifying.
0: But it's it's also funny. Yeah,
2: it's a funny scene, but then, again, like, you do what we do, and you overthink it, and you're like, (laughs) what is happening? This is so scary. Speaking of kind of scary, um, my unsung hero is Wilkie Twycross, who it seems has been practicing apparitions so long and for so often that he's sort of, like, only half still there. (laughs) Like, Harry describes him as, like, kind of semi-translucent. And like all his eyebrows and eyelashes are like see through, and Ugh. like he's not all there, which is like chilling. It's again. like
0: when you use the ring of power too much or whatever, and you become like wraith like.
2: Yeah, that's sort of what <laughs> it reminds me of. Um, it's really upsetting, but you know, he's like given like large parts of his like self to teaching driver's ed.
0: Good metaphor for being a lifelong educator. <laughs>
2: It does take a lot of yourself, it takes a lot, Yeah, he's put his
0: whole self into it. Wilkie Twycross, one of the top names in Harry Potter. Really difficult Wilkie to fucking, pronounce. Say it three times fast. I don't think you can. I don't want to try. I'm not going to try it. Yeah. Uh, I would name a cat Wilkie Twycross.
2: That would be so deep tracks and weird. I'd be
0: like, this is my cat, Wilkie Twycross. <laughs> he's, he's from
2: one single chapter of one of the He's named after the Potter apparition books.
0: instructor. And this is my other cat, Sanguini. <laughs> It's a good name for a cat. This week's episode is brought to you by Crystallized Pineapple. Good enough to sell out the whole Wizarding World for. Sughorn basically gives away the secret of Horcruxes for a bag of candy. Yeah. What the fuck?
2: <laughs> well, and because he, like, thinks it's, like, cool that R- Tom Riddle is, like, interested in, like, crazy shit, which is, like, dumb. Yeah. Yeah. The audiobook clips that you heard are courtesy of Penguin Random House Audio. They are from Jim Dale's performance of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. We are all the places you find podcasts. So subscribe wherever you'd like. If it is Apple Podcasts, we would love it. If you would leave us five little stars and a review, um, if you're so inclined. You can email us, quibblerpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media, at Quibbler Podcast, across the various platforms. And um, yeah, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your e-owls. And next time, we will be reading the chapters from Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince called Elf Tales and Lord Voldemort's Request. See you then. Thanks,
0: amigos.
1: "'Sir, I wanted to ask you something. "'Ask away, then, my boy. Ask away. "'Sir, I wondered—' "'If you were a hot dog, and you were starving, would you eat yourself?' Then Slughorn's voice rang out through the mist, unnaturally loudly. "'I guess so.' "'Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend.' (laughs) "'Well, that's that,' said Dumbledore placidly beside Harry. "'Well, that's rubbish,' snapped Harry.